Hello and welcome to Virtual Philanthropy. I'm your host, E.J. Jacobs. Virtual Philanthropy is a virtual tour of the philanthropic process led by a donor in the philanthropic space. Today's philanthropic tour guide is Karen and Sarah. Karen, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you, E.J. Likewise. You know how much I love you and admire all the work that you do, so this is great to be here with you. And vice versa. <laughs> so tell us about yourself. You have got you wear so many hats in the philanthropic space, so pick one and tell us about it. Or tell us about all the hats you wear. We have got <laughs> That time. would take too long. Um, well, my primary focus is on international philanthropy, which was inspired by the adoption of four children, three from Latin America, and our desire to try to address the poverty that they were born into. Um, I realized early on, about 15 years ago, how little I knew, how little I knew about how to find and identify root causes and how to, uh, to, how to develop strategies that would be effective to solve the problems we saw. So I said, let's create a group of donors who can learn from each other and share their expertise. And we decided to do it right here in the Boston area and called it New England International Donors. And then a few years ago, right after the Haiti earthquake, my husband and I became very involved in Haiti and that is our personal philanthropic focus. I'm quite aware of the work that you do, both with need and with Haiti. What are some of the things that sort of speak out to you the most in the work, the most gratifying things when it comes to the work that you do in Haiti? What keeps you going back? Oh my gosh, it is the amazing leaders in the local communities who have kept their society, their country, their families going in the absence of a functioning government. I mean, Haiti really is a failed state. And so it's the local organizations and leaders that build the roads and build the schools and build the clinics and you know, grow the food and network with each other, and they are the sources of democracy in Haiti. So they inspire me every day. And what's something, I know we haven't reached the shameless plug section yet, but what is something that you'd love people to know about Haiti that you think that they may not be aware of? Well, there's a long history of U.S. intervention in Haiti, much of which has not been positive, not beneficial to the people of Haiti. And so I feel personally a responsibility as an American to invest my resources, my connections, my heart in Haiti to in part rectify what's been done for centuries. But also I want people to know that it is a country you can fall in love with. It is so vibrant. The people are amazing in Haiti. So, you know, I, I love going to Haiti. Haiti has become a part of me. I consider Haiti my second home. I can't wait to go there with you. We can book a trip to go. Uh, as I alluded to, this is your chance to also do your shameless plug. So what is something that you'd love to just sort of let the entire world know that you're proud of, that either that you're involved in that, or that you know of that you think should have that sort of highlight? Well, my experience in Haiti over the last 10 years has definitely shaped me, but so has New England international donors. I am surrounded by the most phenomenal people in the world who give their resources, their heart, their energy, to solving problems that they don't need to get involved in, but they just feel a moral responsibility for. And I have learned so much. Every day is an incredible adventure. I'm inspired. I want to do more. I want to tell people that they can make a huge impact internationally and that when they do reach out to a community across the world, helping that community invariably will help us here in the United States as well. We are all connected. 
thinking about the early days of New England International Donors mm -hmm. when it wasn't over a hundred members, but it was just one or two. What did those converse, how did those conversations look to you? Uh, how mm -hmm. do you remember those conversations as, okay, do you want to join? Were you the one talking people into joining? Were you talked into it? <laughs> and I, I actually was. Uh, the person who would meet one-on-one -on -one with someone we felt was already an international donor or thinking about it because you need to listen to where their passion is, what their personal journey has been, and how that connects to whatever it is that they're already funding. And then ask, well, what do you need? What would make this even more meaningful for you? What tools would help you feel more effective? Because you have a lot of choices to make. And you want to make the choices, of course, that are going to make a difference in the way that, that you see that they should. Do you feel like it's an easy sell to talk to donors about joining a group like New England International Donors? Or do you feel like you really have to explain the nuances of joining a group like this? I do have to explain the nuances because a lot of individual donors in particular haven't had experience being part of an affinity group or a network um, and may not realize they have a lot to learn about how to give professionally and effectively. So many donors are initially heart-driven in their responses, but we also need to be very strategic and head-driven also if we want to make an impact. Well, I know there are donors at all sorts of levels. So there are the donors who are already quite engaged at that yes. head level and heart yes. level. Yes. But there are also people who just say, oh my God, I saw this amazing infomercial on TV and Sally Shrothers just looks so, <laughs> she's pulling at my heartstrings. Um, how do you inform those donors to say, okay, we need to think not just with our heart, but with our head. And what examples do you give them? Well, first of all, I would thank them for being so compassionate, so empathy-driven, because we need that to sustain people's engagement in philanthropy. But then I might ask a couple questions, like, um, what's the strategy that Save the Children is using? Is it a child sponsorship strategy? Do you know that your money is actually going to one particular child? Or would it be more effective if actually the money went to build a school or a well in that community, which would improve the health of all the children in that community. What is the approach that you want to take? Do you, do you feel fulfilled changing the life of one child, or would you feel more fulfilled changing the conditions in a community? Is there one thing, I know it's hard, it's like when you say pick your favorite child, sometimes it's difficult, but is there one thing that came out of New England International Donors that really stands out as something that you're proud of that it was born out of something that you helped create. Yes, I can think of two things. First of all, when Ebola struck in West Africa, we had a series of events around the crisis and how to analyze it. And we had top experts speaking about it. And then we created a fund to address the problem. And we came up with one strategy, which was to embed uh, healthcare experts in the Liberian Ministry of Health to strengthen the health system overall so that come future epidemics, they would be prepared to address them. And we did that by funding someone from Last Mile Health. The other thing I'm really proud of is our giving circles that we started through New England International Donors, which are engaging people with years of experience giving and those who are fresh, you know, fresh international donors, and they're learning from each other and then making gifts together. And it always feels better when you're giving with someone else rather than giving by yourself. Absolutely. Since I do know Raj and Last Mile Health, I'd say that, that is something that's worth uh, being proud of. Yes. So with all that being said, take us on your tour. And you can wear whichever hat you'd like to wear, but 
tell us, how does someone go from hearing about you to possibly being funded by you? And I'm assuming with New England International Donors, that might be a bit tricky. So just walk well, us through how that works. With need, we can talk about our giving circles again. Our giving circles are formed around a particular topic that we pursue during the course of a year. We get information from expert funders in that sector, from members of our own network who fund in that sector, and we identify certain people to bring in as speakers. Then we identify the aspects of the problem that are really most salient to the people in the room. So for instance, the refugee circle. We decided that what where the funding was most needed was in funding livelihoods, income generation, self-reliance for refugees. So we set up criteria. We asked our members to nominate organizations to receive requests for letters of inquiry from us. We received those letters. We reviewed them yesterday. We voted on them. We wrestled with them. We narrowed them down, and now we will request proposals from them. We'll request five proposals, and we'll probably make three grants. So if I were a nonprofit and I wanted to be in that list that possibly was whittled down to three, what do I need to do? Well, you could look at the list of members of New England International Donors, which are listed on our website, and see if you already have a donor who is on that list. You would ask that donor to advocate for you to have uh, an audience or a hearing. But there's no me. way for me to be a new nonprofit and try to be... Oh, yes. People, people write our staff and myself all the time and say, I'm coming into town. I would love to meet with you and tell you about our program. And, or they say, can you set up a meeting with us, with your donors? And we say, well, our programs are six months in the pipeline, but we'd be happy to meet with you. We'd be happy to f hear about your organization. And then we file that away. And when we end up developing a panel discussion on your sector or topic, we'll often invite you. And can you just describe that process of whittling that, that down to three from the number you had before? Mm -hmm. Is that an easy process? Is there any sort of giving and taking in terms of who gets selected? Well, EJ, you know it's always hard to say no, right? I never it's, say no, that's why. It's, it's just really hard. It's really hard to say that you're not going to support a particular very worthy organization, but you try to figure out what is the actual impact you want to make as a funder, and that drives the decision even more sometimes than the particular worthiness of the organization. What do you as a funder want to accomplish? That's so great to hear that, especially to have so much come from a donors group where I think it's more about learning than it is about mm -hmm. giving grants. And what's the end result for someone who does actually come and gets funded by something that you're doing? Is it something that gets followed up by the group as a whole, or is it something more that gets funded by just that individual, the individual donors who are leading that cause or circle? Well, we endeavor to give the grant recipient some airtime, some publicity in the network. In the past, we have featured them at our annual gala. This year, it will be at a fall social event. We'll feature our grantees because we want to amplify the impact of our grant. Um, and because of that visibility and materials that we will print about them, our hope is that other members of the network will be excited about that organization and then give to them as well. Well, have you tried putting them on the cover of uh, People magazine? <laughs> 
everyone reads that. Have you been on the cover of People Magazine? I, I, I've not been on any covers of anything. I think, you, I think you have to be a candidate for president at this point. Um, thinking about all of that, I just want to touch upon a little bit about Haiti. Yes. Because obviously there are nonprofits out there that would love to maybe get mm -hmm. in front of you. How mm -hmm. does someone find you if they would like to be funded for your Haitian well, work? Okay. Um, we have a website, ansarafamilyfund.org. It has profiles of all of the grantees we've supported over the last five years um, in Haiti and some local. And you can get a sense of the kinds of organizations we would support. It also has a description of our mission statement, of the strategy we use. So I'd say go to the website first. Um, secondly, someone can always write a letter of inquiry to us. And I will say, yes, this is in my sector area of interest, which is agriculture and rural livelihoods or education or human rights, um, or it's not. Or global health is another one. You know, maybe it's not. And you know, I'll say we're really very narrowly focused because we're a family fund and we don't we don't have billions of dollars. And what are some mistakes that you you see quite commonly in terms of people reaching out to you looking for funding or some sort of relationship? Well, or is the, everybody the basic no 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 the basic mistake is not reading our website first. Yeah. Secondly, I think it really helps if you come with an introduction from someone else that is already in my realm, my universe. So someone from need, uh, somebody else, because I place a lot of trust in my fellow grant makers and donors. In fact, that's where I get a lot of my references from. Um, and then, you know, I, I will make a decision about whether they, I can meet with them. I honestly get so many requests for meetings because of need that I have to be very, very selective. But occasionally I will meet with someone that I know I'm not going to fund and I tell them right up front. Yeah. But I want to hear about their work because there may be other people I can tell about it. It's what happens when you wear so many hats. So <laughs> it gets quite difficult, but you're doing amazing work. I, I want to segue to the people who are contacting you, not from Haiti, but maybe from Dominican Republic mm. or from some other part of the world that see the work that you're doing and yet they're just out of fit. How do you sort of navigate the space when it's a mistaken identity, when they're reaching out to you for funding from need or reaching out to you individually, even though you're a Haitian donor, but they're looking mm -hmm. somewhere else in the region? If they're reaching out to me personally, regarding our philanthropy and they're not focused in Haiti, I'm just very clear and say, I'm sorry, we only fund in Haiti. Um, I'm sure your work is important and there are many other people who should know about it, but we are not the, the right ones to approach and it wouldn't be well worth your time to do so. If they're coming to need, I usually take all the requests. <laughs> <laughs> Or I ask uh, a member of our staff or a member of our board to meet with the NGO. There are some times where it's a very busy season and we just can't do them all. But we try to be very receptive. That's pretty good. Not everyone does that. And again, that's why I admire you so much, as you already know. <laughs> and what are some do's and don'ts that you would have to nonprofits, whether they're reaching out to you as an individual donor or reaching out mm, to you as a member yes. of need? Well, I think it's important for someone who is a fund seeker 
to realize that you are giving a gift to the donor to engage them in your work. You're giving them an opportunity to change their life and find more meaning in their life. But the only way that you can make that connection between your work and the personal life of the donor is to listen to their story. Even if they're the staff of a foundation, they have a story about why they care about that work. And you know, more than half of your meeting should be asking the donor about their story. You can always follow up later and make a good case for your work. But don't come in the door with your pitch. Come in the door as a listener, a friend, someone who respects the journey of the donor. I'm just going to add to that. I think that's a brilliant point. I think sometimes what I've seen is people will hear that and they'll do this. Oh, tell me about yourself. And then they get this glazed look over their eyes while they're not really paying attention. They're waiting for like the right moment right. to jump back in with their story. So right. I think it has to be done authentically, if not organically. Uh, so don't just say, <laughs> you know, tell me about you, but you've got two minutes because I've got to catch a, <laughs> you know, I've got to catch the other donor that's well, leaving in 10 minutes. And, and these conversations are conversations. Yeah. You know, this is just the first of many. But if you can connect personally with a donor, you will have a much greater chance of being able to continue the conversation later. Are there any experiences you'd like to share in terms of how a nonprofit's done it right or not done it right? Yes, there is a nonprofit in Haiti called Prosperity Catalyst that I absolutely adore. It's working with women in Haiti on livelihoods, beekeeping, candle making, artisanry, uh, connecting and training these women. The executive director is very experienced and knowledgeable, but she reaches out to me judiciously, not too much, but just a few times a year with excellent reports that are no more than three pages long, and half of those pages are photos of the work. And it just it's just enough to help me see the photos, feel personally connected, and get the data that she presents. So I just... I love what they do. Even when they're struggling, even when they feel there's a failure, I'm committed there because I know they're always in communication with me and reporting, but not too much because I don't have time to read long reports. It feels like you stuck in another shameless plug there, but I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) I did ask you for an experience that is a good experience. I'm now going to have you answer a couple of questions, not necessarily Mm -hmm. from me, but from others who are Mm -hmm. familiar with your work. Uh, let's see what we have here. The first question. We run a nonprofit in Haiti and find it, find it very difficult to find international donors because of the perception that supporting work in Haiti doesn't yield significant results, which you know is not true. There are donors like you who continue to work in the region, which is greatly needed and appreciated. However, we don't see new donor interest in Haiti, and that caps the opportunities that many organizations like ours have or could have. How exactly do you as a donor advocate among peers on behalf Mm -hmm. of Haiti? Mm -hmm. And do you have a mechanism in place where local Haitian organizations can inform that advocacy, even if you don't have a formal relationship with them? If so, can you explain how it works? Yes and yes. Um, We have established through the Haiti Fund that was here in Boston, it was a five-year spend-down fund, um, an incredible array of grantees best-in-class grantees that have informed our understanding of the problems in Haiti and the solutions that are really possible and lasting. Out of the Haiti Fund came the Haiti Development Institute. Both of those organizations have held 
conferences for Haiti funders every other year. We just had one in Miami. To the conference, we have Haiti funders. We have board members of organizations in Haiti. We have a few Haiti NGOs that are presenting. So we, the funders try to inspire each other and they share information amongst themselves about great organizations to support. Another avenue is directly through the Haiti Development Institute, which has a cohort model of building the capacity of grassroots Haitian-led organizations. If one can apply to the Haiti Development Institute to be part of the cohort, then we all know deeply about your organization, its needs, and its opportunities. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. The next question is, how do we inspire potential supporters to follow through on introductions to their board or to other individuals? Well, first I want to say be empathetic about the time of these donors and funders. I know I could spend 100% of my time making introductions based on requests I get, and it's just not feasible for me to do. Pick one introduction you would like that you really want. Don't, don't ask for a few because it's just hard for the donor to get to, but remind the donor. You know, I like to be reminded. If you haven't gotten that email from me in a month, ask me to do it again. Again, more of the reasons why I love you so much. <laughs> I'm going to get you out on one final question, which is, of course, about the future. So what is something five years from now that you wish to be able to look back on with pride that your philanthropy has accomplished? Oh, I would love to see international giving circles all over the United States that are structured according to some consistent tools but are led by volunteers and create communities of concern in their metropolitan or regional areas for people who live all over the world and for our planet. So we're in the process of figuring out how to do that right now through need. I also would like to end extreme poverty in Haiti. That is, uh, that will take another century, but I want to be a part of that work. Why not five years? Maybe we can motivate people. <laughs> if people are more like you, I think we can actually get this done. Well, five can, years might be ambitious, but that's never stopped you. I think you can end extreme poverty in a community in Haiti in five years, but the country as a whole, that's going to be. I think if you have the example of a community that's able to get that done, yes, the results can it's a just, model. Yeah, you it, can create a model. It can become exponential. Mm -hmm. So and I thank you again for all the work that you do and also for joining us. And thank you for listening. This has been Virtual Philanthropy. Thank you, EJ. Thank mm -hmm. you.